He attempted but failed aborted Chinese intrusion into the Yangtze region in Tawang, general Tawang area, say 25-30 kilometers northeast of Tawang. If this is Tawang, then this is northeast like that. That, that is still buzzing in our political debate as well as in our minds. What exactly did the Chinese do? What did they want? How far did they come? Where exactly is this, is this place? Why is this important? That's been going on. We've spoken about this. We've written about this. You've seen stuff that I have done. But more importantly, you've seen stuff that our defense editor, Snehesh Alex Philip, has also done. In fact, if you haven't, I'm sharing a link with you. He did another short video explaining the entire Yangtze issue and how this issue came into being. And there, the important thing that he tells us is that Yangtze is a place where the Indian Armed Forces moved in in 1986-87 in response to the provocation from the Chinese in Sumdurongchu. Now, it's very difficult to give you precise maps of that area for the simple reason, one, that these are very high mountains. So, a low-lying area there would be like maybe Tawang Valley, right, which is Tawang Bowl, which is 10,000 feet, same as Leh, for example. But everything around that, everything around that and everything between Tawang and, and China, Chinese-controlled Tibet. Everything is upwards of 13,000 feet. And the areas we are talking about are generally 15,000 feet and above, going up to 17,000. In fact, Yangtze, the particular post we are talking about, might be close to 17,000 feet. Also, the, although the plateau, the grazing ground, as our external affairs minister Jay Shankar said in parliament today is about 13,000, 13,500 feet and 100 feet. So everything is very high and everything is marked with ridges and valleys and ridges and valleys but not wide valleys. So it's a very difficult area to map. Still see this general map and this is a map that I've picked up from a very old book. This is a book I've quoted from earlier and I showed you, I, I held up a copy for, for you also. It's a 1969 book called Himalayan Borderlands by Dorothy Goodman. And this map, if you, if, you, if you focus just on the corners, see this mishmash. This map tells you, this is the map drawn from a time when Tawang was not a district. It was, it, it was a part of coming. Now, if you see this, you can see that to the west, Tawang borders Bhutan, right? Then, then as you go north from there, there you see the trijunction between Bhutan, China and India, that is the Tawang region of India. It's somewhere there, it's somewhere there that in 1986-87, the Chinese had tried to come into a place called Sumdurungchu. And I will explain to you what Sumdurungchu is in just a minute. But the fact is, it's when the Chinese came in there and they might have been hoping that India will just accept it as a fact of life. But India pushed back at them. And I will give you that detail of how it happened because that was quite a troubled period in our history, in the history of India-China relations. And whatever happened there also has an echo now because one thing leads to another. So each side then bides its time. So the, so the Chinese earlier came into Sundurungchu. Now they try to come into Yangtze. Now again, if you look at the map of Tawang in general, mountains, mountains are very deceptive when it comes to distances. Now you might say, oh, on the map it looks like the two places, say Yangtze and, and, and Sumdurungchu, don't look that far, right? But you know, this is just a map. 
map in the mountains means something else. As a crow flies, the distance may be from west to the east, west towards Bhutan and east towards going the other side, which ultimately will go into Myanmar. The distance between Sundurung Chu generally, generally from the west to Yangtze in the east, right? That would be about 30 kilometers as a crow flies. But 30 kilometers as a crow flies means nothing in the mountains because in the middle are so many ridges, so many high mountains that to go from one to the other, I don't know how long will it take you. Uh, if you try to do it by foot and certainly there are no expressways there, no highways there, no roads there, nobody has built a road as yet like that in that region. So it's in that region. So think of Tawang, Tawang as the prize, right? Tawang is at the center. So 1962, the Chinese made an entry into India, their main entry into India, which took them to through the foothills, which took them to the foothills of Assam, threatening the main valley of Brahmaputra, Brahmaputra valley. And that is when things got so bad that the deputy commissioner of Tezpur at that point, or what is called as the wrong district, even threw away the money in his treasury in the river so the Chinese won't get it. The Chinese got that close. So that is the route of ingress that they had used. And that is the route on this map, on the first map, you will see, see to the west, to the west, not far from the Bhutanese border. That's where they came in. That's where the famous points which are frozen in our memory, Thagla Ridge, Ridge, Namkachu, etc. That's where those are located. So on, so on this map, you can generally see that area. And you can see that they had used that area to come to Tamang. Now, this other region, this other, other region to the east, where the Chinese now trying to come in, Yangtze. So in 1987, 86, they again tried to establish a foothold through the through through the axis on which they had invaded India in 1962, and that set alarm bells ringing, and that's when India responded. I will tell you about that response, and it was part of that response then that India also went and occupied other heights in the general Tawang region. So not quite there, even way to the east. In this case. Yangtze, etc., that region. And that's when India established its presence there. And since then, it's been a sticking point. It's been a sore point with the Chinese because they thought that India never occupied this place. They came in in 1986-87. In the confusion, the Chinese were not able to stop them, maybe because they didn't want to, maybe because they were afraid of escalation. And they've been wanting India off that ridge. Because you know what? We keep telling you again and again and again in the mountains. Heights matter, of course. Heights matter, ridges matter, and the valleys matter. Valleys, passes, that's what matters in the mountains. Because you have to be high to defend yourselves, but you have to control the passes in the valleys to supply yourselves and for your own movement. And or you have to attack the other side's valleys and the passes to get into their side. That's why a position on the height, well defended in a very easily defendable place, is very, very valuable. That's Yangtze. So once again, this is Sumdurungchu. This is Yangtze. This is Tawang. My chin is Tawang. Sumdurungchu. Yangtze, the distance as the crow flies is about 30 kilometers. No more, but 30 kilometers of very high mountains. So now Chinese came in to try and threaten this place. Now, what? how exactly did this problem start? We are not going back 
right back to 1962. We know what happened in 1962, many books have been written. And once again, if you look at this old map from Himalayan borderlands, this tells you, this shows you Thagla Ridge. In fact, my screen will highlight these places. So Thagla Ridge is where, from where Nehru had ordered, quote unquote, ordered his army to evict the Chinese. And that is the operation that went wrong. The unit assigned to the job, six Rajputana rifles, wasn't quite equipped for it. They didn't realize it wasn't, it wasn't, the commanders had not catered for the fact that the Chinese were actually higher. Our soldiers were not well defended. They were going lower to evict the Chinese and they then were going into a bowl where they, they will be trapped. That's where India suffered its first big reverse of the war. Very high casualties, the battalion almost nearly fully got wiped out. So many books have been written about the disaster and that was the operation Nehru ordered under pressure unthinkingly. It, it was his biggest blunder. So he assigned the 7th Brigade of Indian Army to carry out that operation and as I told you this was a disaster. So many books have been written about it. The brigade commander, Brigadier J.P. Dalbi, who was taken prisoner because his brigade just broke up in completely adverse circumstances. He then later a book called The Himalayan Blunder, which has now become an enduring metaphor. And also one of the officers in that Rajput battalion, General A.K. Verma, he somewhat more recently, in 1997 that is, wrote a book called Reverse of Silence, Disaster of River Namkachu, 1962. So all those stories are, very, are available there. Now, after 1962, Chinese defeated us, then they went back. They went back as if in a great act of generosity, but basically that was to say, listen, you guys were getting too uppity. We came and taught you a lesson, gave you a couple of slaps. Now we are going back. Now be good boys after that. So they went back and the fact is that India went into a completely defensive mindset vis-a-vis -vis the Chinese after that. And that defensive mindset lasted almost two decades. So it was in 1980. Until 1980 from 1962, Indian planners, Indian strategic or tactical planners both had decided that look, there was no point trying to defend Tawang. The Chinese were not there, Tawang was with us, but it wasn't possible, it wasn't feasible to set up your defenses ahead of Tawang. It was too difficult, too challenging and, and too demanding and you simply did not have the wherewithal or communications or the logistics. So, so leave Tawang as it is lightly defended and main defenses of India were to be set around Sela, which is far in the back. Sela is a big pass under which now a tunnel is being built as we know. So the idea about Sela is a bike, tall, high, massive and that's where you will stop the Chinese. So let them come in and we will then fight a great defensive battle and stop them there. That defensive mindset continued till 1980. Why? Because until then, Indian mindset wasn't so much about defending all of the territory from China, but it was about defending India from China. So, Sela, the idea of basing your defenses at Sela was so that the Chinese are not able to cut into the Assam plains and then on, onwards to other parts of India. That changed in 1980. 1980, as Mrs. Gandhi became Prime Minister yet again, there was a review carried out. And a decision was taken now to also start basing defenses ahead of Tawang. That all of Indian territory should be defended, including Tawang. And that's when Indian army units started going into Tawang. It was around that time, after that decision to start defending Tawang in 1980, that Indian forces again began exploring 
territories beyond the Tawang hamlet or Tawang town. At that point, it was a very small town. Now, now it's a bustling mountain city. And as they moved ahead, some few patrols of the intelligence bureau, a few patrols ordered by the intelligence bureau, but mostly manned by Jawans of what was called the Special Services Bureau, SSB, Abhi bhi SSB hai, Sashastra Seema Bal bolte then it was Special Services Bureau. So they were sent to explore areas ahead and they are the ones who came to this area around the Sundarung Chu. And that's where they came and they sort of generally walked around uh, and then they came back and they set up a small observation post and then they started coming there. The Chinese were still not coming there until then that area was completely unoccupied by either side. Now as the Indian patrols started going up, these were not army I repeat, but they started going up, they set up a little outpost and then they followed the pattern that they came in during the summer but winters very were very harsh. So they went back during the winter. The Chinese didn't like it. One summer as the Indian patrol came in, that is in June of 1986, mark these dates very carefully, these will also appear in my screen. June of 1986, they found, they found that the Chinese had come in there, in the same place called Wangdong, the post where the intelligence bureau had set up its observation post, that was called Wangdong, in the Sumdurungchu area, Sumdurungchu is also a rivulet, Chu generally in Tibetan is a rivulet, so this is all part of the larger Namkachu system and Namkachu is the river that General Verma refers to as the river of silence from 1962. So that comes in from that comes in from the west and then it goes into the general river system of Nyamjangchu which I will explain to you in just a couple of minutes. So Indian, Indian patrol now found the Chinese were there. They asked them to move, Chinese said go to hell, they refused to move. As that happened, Indians came back and India then decided to send more people there. So as more people were sent, they found the Chinese were now present in strength. There, there were about 200 of them. Now this is not something that India had bargained for, nor did India like it. Because you know, where is Sumdurungchu? So the Sumdurungchu, the rivulet goes on a west-east axis and meets into Nyamjangchu. Nyamjangchu is also whose tributary Namka Chu is, I mean, these are complicated things, but try and understand. I'm using very simple maps for you. Now, this is, this is a kind of Thagla triangle because this says Bhutan to the west, Thagla Ridge to the north. Thagla Ridge is the scene of the heaviest fighting in 1962 and the big disaster, the Himalayan blunder, 7th Brigade, that's in the north. And then this is running sort of towards the east. That's why this is still a very important area. So I told you, 1980, India said, all right, uh, we've reviewed our security, vacant area should be manned. Please keep tracking these dates very carefully because that's crucial to understanding what exactly happened. 1980, first of all, these will appear on my screen. India reviewed security of this area and said vacant area should be manned. 1984 summer, the SSB, SSB and IB decided to set up an ob observation post active only during the summer. June 1986, Indian patrol was confronted by 40, 40 Chinese who were building structures at Sumdurungchu or the Bangdung observation post. And then there was tension. 
September 1986, all this is moving very fast. September 1986, as the Indian patrol again went there, they found that there were 200 more Chinese there. India now lodged a formal protest with the Chinese. Chinese said something to the equivalent of go to hell. As the Chinese built a helipad there and the news came out, India reacted very sharply. Remember, India then had General Krishna Swami Sundarji as our army chief and he was given to quite a bit of dash and not taking any nonsense. So he moved an entire brigade of Indian army. Remember, 1986, what kind of logistics were available? He airlifted an entire brigade of, brigade of Indian army to a place called Zimithang. I will just show you another map, another map marking out some of these places generally. So that brigade got in there in what was called as Op Falcon. And that was seen as one of the most dashing things done by the Indian Army vis-a-vis -vis the Chinese, an entire brigade airlifted. And he was helped along by the fact that Indian Air Force had just, just greatly enhanced its airlift cap capability. Because India by this time had a very strong airlift capability, which had recently been inducted. They were IL-76s bought from the Ch Russians. In fact, everything was bought from the Russians those days, barring the Mirages and Jaguars. So IL-76s four-engine jet aircraft who could bring your troops and large body of equipment at least to the air base in the back which in this case would be Tezpur and then helicopters including the heavy lift helicopters Mi-26 Halo. So they were just a few of them but they could transport a lot of troops in one sortie. So in no time this brigade formed up in Zimithang and the Chinese knew that something serious was afoot. Again, not to leave any scope for the Chinese to underestimate India's intentions, Indian army units moved up to occupy all of the Hatungla Ridge. Now, Hatungla Ridge is ahead of these areas and, and it generally goes to and it generally goes from 15,000 to 17,000 feet. Because this was now seen, even in the 1980 review, Hatungla Ridge was seen as crucial to the defense of Tawang Bowl. So Indian troops had now gone up there. So where exactly had the Chinese come? The Chinese had come to a place called Le or Eli, Li, you can call it, but in Tibetan, I'm told it's pronounced as Le. The Chinese had come in there and that is the area where, which we considered as our own. So if they got in there, we got close there. And as, as the standoff continued, India did not relent. In fact, it was in that same year, October 1986, that Deng Xiaoping sent out a warning saying that India needs to be taught a lesson. And that warning was conveyed to India by none else than US Defense Secretary at that point. Yet, yet General Sundarji and Rajiv Gandhi's government were not giving up, although they offered the Chinese a solution. And that solution was that this winter you go back from this place, Next summer, we will not come back to this place, which means we would have resolved this as nobody occupying this place. But Chinese said nothing doing, we will not accept it. That is when, that is when while Indian army was moving up and a warlike situation developed, Chinese brought in almost eight divisions of their troops in eastern Tibet and a lot of heavy artillery, etc. It looked like war will break, break out any time. There was a lot of pressure within Rajiv government that maybe General Sundarji was doing going too far. While all this pressure was building up, General Sundarji did not change anything. April 87 is when the Chinese brought in these new divisions into Tibet. He carried out, General Sundarji carried out something called exercise checkerboard. Now checkerboard may or may not have been drawn from Chinese checkers. I don't know all the Chinese checkers. I believe has nothing to do with the Chinese 
or China or the Chinese culture, the game they play is Go. But checkerboard basically meant moving a lot of Indian forces on the borders with China. Now, not all of those were moved. There was a lot of talk. There were some movements, but the rest was psychological warfare. So this carried on and as this carried on, India also continued to match China move for move. So the Chinese had come to so the Chinese had come to the Sumdurungchu Bowl. India was on the heights and Hatungla and places around it. India was concerned that the Chinese might presume that the other side of river was their side anyway. So Indian troops crossed the river, went to the other side and set up two posts. These were Jaya and Negi posts. The Chinese responded by coming and setting up a post just 10 to 15 meters away from this, this, these posts. And that continued, this standoff, standoff continued till 1993, six more, year, more years after that. That's when Narsimha Rao and his Chinese counterpart signed their substantive border stability arrangement. Now see what's happening in 1987-88. It's because India responded so sharply to the Chinese that the Chinese were willing to settle. And then things were settled through back channels. So N.D. Tiwari, who was then foreign minister, on his way back from Pyongyang in North Korea, stopped in Beijing, conveyed a message from Rajiv Gandhi that there was no intention to escalate the war. Both sides de-escalated generally, but full de-escalation only happened after 1993. So that standoff carried on for almost seven years. So it was in 1993 that Narsim Rao and his Chinese counterpart signed the Border Peace and Tranquility Agreement, which for the first time brought in some principles on how to manage the line of actual control and both sides went back and de-escalation took place. So once again, see, two things that Indian Army did then. One, crossing the river and taking position on the heights in this area. That deterred the Chinese and that enabled Rajiv Gandhi then to visit China in 1988 from a position of strength. So 1988, early 1988, Rajiv Gandhi made a state visit to China. Remember, it was the first state visit to China by an Indian Prime Minister since his grandfather Jawaharlal Nehru did so in 1954, but he did so from a position of strength because India had something to give and India had something to take. And that's when Deng Xiaoping also decided on some kind of a thaw with India, which lasted until Xi Jinping now, as we know, woke up one morning and ruined it. So a couple of more things before I let you go. 1971, 1971, around this time in 1971, the war for Bangladesh liberation had ended. On 16th of December 1971, shortly after that, one of the first things that Indira Gandhi did was to announce the creation of Arunachal Pradesh as a union territory separated from Assam. Until then, it was a special zone in Assam, Northeast Frontier Agency. Now it was to be union territory on 20th of February, with the new amendment in constitution, I think 55th amendment, Arunachal Pradesh became a union territory of India. That was rubbing the figure, finger in the eye of the Chinese. So within a month of that war ending, in which Pakistan had been dismembered, Arunachal Pradesh became a union territory on 20th Jan January 1972. And you know what? While this tamasha in Sumdurung Chu was going on, what did Rajiv Gandhi also do? It was, on 20, it was on 20th of February 1987, at the peak of the tension when the Chinese had brought in these eight division of troops into eastern Tibet. It was then, at the peak of the tension, 20th of February 1987, 
that Arunachal was declared into a full-fledged state through a constitutional amendment, I think the 55th. So once again, this idea that India has generally had weak governments is not true. As I've said repeatedly, India has only had one weak government on national security in its history, and that was V.P. Singh's government. Mercifully, it didn't, mercifully, it did not last that long. Now, having said all that, see this map. Once again, map references are very important, and these are general representational maps. These are not to scale, and these do not depict any boundaries accurately. But this is just to give us a visual idea and mental idea of what's what. So, if you see this map, you will see the numbers and if you see the numbers you will also see the names of the places come up with the numbers so see if you see number 10 that is namkachu that is namkachu where that infamous or sad or poignant battle of 1962 took place you can see it's to the you can see it's far to the west very close to the bhutan border then you see number 6 number 6 is hatungla that is the ridge india occupied in response to Chinese coming into Wangdong slash Sumdrungchu. Then you see number five, that is Le or Li. That is, the, that, is the, that is the place where the Chinese had brought in their troops and, in, and to which India reacted in 1986-87. Then you see number 13. Number 13 is Nyamjang Chu. That is the one that comes from Tibet and both the other rivulets we are talking about, Namka Chu and Sumdrungchu. Both go and meet the same tiny river.